few weeks ago, I was at a faith day for a Catholic high school. During lunch, one of the other speakers made an announcement inviting everyone to an upcoming event to listen to a wonderful Catholic who was doing wonderful things in the area of social justice. He said that recently this man had preached at the ordination of some women because he felt that there was injustice towards women in our own church. I almost fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. Now, hold on a second. To go and ordain women is to essentially excommunicate yourself. So how do we speak up when we feel that a bishop needs to be challenged? What if a bishop defends a Catholic organization that allegedly supports abortions in third world countries? Or what if a cardinal offers a public funeral for a politician who has been an open supporter of abortions and same-gender marriage? What if a bishop does not approve of your display of aborted fetuses? I'm not suggesting that we stay quiet, but do we write a blog about it? Do we rally the troops against the bishop? Do we blast the bishop with a barrage of angry letters? Do we openly challenge the church hierarchy? I'm not entirely sure that we should. I think that when we do, we are only creating division inside the church. And Satan loves that. We have enough enemies outside the church to be squabbling amongst ourselves. And what's more, to be confusing Catholics who are left trying to figure out what side to take. We have to be careful not to create a parallel church structure. We can challenge a bishop, but it can't be done in a spirit of division. Our main goal should be unity because that's what being Catholic is about. More than a theology or a belief system, it's a community, the body of Christ. Now I know that scripture says that if a part of the body sins against the body to cut it off, but Jesus was also the first to bring people in, to look at them with mercy and kindness and to encourage us to build up the body, not to tear it apart. We have enough people trying to do that already for us to be doing it to ourselves. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to this new season of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Chris Dimitrenko. So today we return to our regular programming. And Chris is here to keep us up to date with what's going on in the Catholic world. Yes, there is a lot going on in the summer that uh, we're going to be looking at. Yeah, not just, I guess, not just the Catholic world, but also uh, a little bit of important Canadian news. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Michelle, Michelle Nutza will be uh, joining us in a little bit to help us also find something we can do this coming week that can hopefully help us to grow in our faith. Now tell me, Chris, you're a fan of film, right? Sure, I don't know anyone who <laughs> isn't a fan of film at some level. I certainly have a soft spot for depressing feel-bad movies, actually. Uh, really? Mm -hmm. I, that does not surprise me. And But maybe that's good because I think that when I think of film festivals, a lot of the films seem to be uh, a little depressing. And seems to be. <laughs> seems to be. Well, we're going to be joined a little later by Sister Marie Paul Curley, who has just returned from the Montreal World Film Festival and the Toronto Intern... And she's right now at the Toronto International Film Festival to talk to us about some current trends in films. And our featured artist today is Lilac Kanya. She's a Filipino-Canadian soprano who is releasing uh, two new albums, and we'll be able to speak to her in a little later, uh, in a little while, I mean. So, Chris, what's in the news? Well, a few stories of things that are going on here in Canada. 
Uh, one story is new election-style ads. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the ads yet from the Liberal N- Party of Canada. No, I haven't, but I've heard about them. Well, it's indicative that uh, that there is preparation going on for a possible fall election. It wasn't that long ago that we had our last election, and then and then uh, and then this past December there were threats of of another election very very soon after the previous one. But uh, the Liberal Party is is getting ready and uh, showing that the party has more money now, that even before the campaign, they're able to uh, to purchase these ads, even before the Conservative Party has put out their own ads. And normally the Conservatives have been the ones who have been jumping the mm-hmm. gun and spending their money on these ads. And uh, Michael Ignatieff is the, is the head of the Liberal Party of Canada, which, for those of you who don't follow Canadian politics, is our opposition party. And he's trying to, in a sense, uh, present a change of image. He's dressed in a plain blue shirt against a, a forest backdrop. And it's actually a very positive ad, as opposed to some of the, the negative ads that have been going on in Canadian as well as American politics. And their new slogan is, we can do better. So instead mm-hmm. of just attacking the Conservatives, they're basically saying, we can just uh, do a little bit more than they can. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we haven't had, well, I guess, it seems like a long time, but the election was last year. I know, I know. <laughs> well, lately, that, that seems like a long time, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Nobody here wants to go back to the polls, but I guess uh, no. that's uh, what we get for uh, having our parliamentary system here. Um, uh, th- there's some news that have to do with the Human Rights Tribunal. Is this something maybe that could uh, sway the election in any way or no? Well, no one's thinking that this is going to be a big election issue. People are really thinking that the economy and jobs, uh, as as with the United States, is is going to be a, a main focus for, for our election, uh, should it happen this fall. Although certainly there's a many Catholics who are, uh, who are concerned about uh, these Canadian human rights tribunals, mm-hmm. which some say there have been abuses, some say they're being used to restrict free speech and are particularly targeting uh, social conservatives who end up uh, bearing right. the brunt of this. However, in one of these tribunals, uh, the the person who headed this tribunal concluded that they were inconsistent with our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is which is part of our constitution. So basically, they're unconstitutional. So Catholic leaders are happy with this decision upholding free speech? They certainly are. Um, the, the head of the Catholic Civil Rights League in Canada, Joanne McGarry, uh, she said, quote, while we reject the white supremacist, anti-Semitic and anti-immigrant opinion on the website in question on this uh, in this particular mm-hmm. case, the same section of the code has been used to penalize the expression of viewpoints based on religious beliefs. So there have been a number of religious leaders who have found themselves facing these these commissions, and right. it's been uh, very easy to uh, to to target these these individuals and, and being used as a way to to silence them. These are some of the criticisms here. But now that the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal isn't even enforcing this section of their own code, which deals with hate speech on the internet. Uh, it's an indication that, that eventually this is going to be, be thrown out, and certainly people who are, uh, who are advocates of, of freedom of speech are applauding this move, and, and Joanne McGarry is hoping that eventually this is something that's going to be dealt with in Parliament. Yeah, I'm sure that this is something that we'll be talking about as the months and years go, because it's a big issue here in Canada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the story of the, this uh, school in Montreal, or this new course, this religion course that they, uh, students in Quebec have to take, also a little bit of a human rights issue here. Certainly. Um, uh, there are parents who say that this course is a violation of, 
of both their parental rights and also freedom of religion. We've talked a little bit about this in yes. on the Salt and Light radio program in the past. Well, one of the uh, complaints that, that was lodged and it went to a Quebec Superior Court was by these parents from Drummondville, Quebec, and, uh, and they lost their, their attempt uh, to, to argue that it was a violation of their rights, partly because of a testimony of, of a priest who teaches theology okay. at Laval University in Quebec, uh, who said that, uh, no, from the perspective of the Catholic Church at least, uh, this did not violate religious freedom because it did pressure students to believe in convictions they don't share. Because basically this course looks at all sorts of di- different religions, uh, all sorts of different ethical uh, ways of looking at the world. Um, however, it's not just Catholics in Quebec who are objecting to this. Um, some say, though, that that this uh, this will set a precedence and that some of the other courses, there's two other uh, uh, challenges, rather, um, that this could affect them. One of them is by Loyola High School, a, a Jesuit Catholic school in, in Quebec. Yes. And uh, they're waiting a, a decision on the lawsuit by the parents who are arguing that uh, children should be able to have an exemption. Exactly. Now, that's another story that I'm sure we'll, we'll hear much uh, more about later. So, Chris will be back with us uh, in a little bit. Yes, and we'll be speaking about some of the reactions to the funeral of Senator Ted Kennedy, uh, Cardinal O'Malley of Boston, also uh, Bishop Morlino of Madison, New York, and our own Father Thomas Rosica have, uh, have had something to say about, about the funeral. Yes, so we are looking forward to that. Thank you, Chris. That's our news producer, Chris Dimitrenko. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. My name is Pedro Guevara Man, and our featured artist this week is Laila Cacaña. Here she is with Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. See you. 
was Lilac Kanya with Make Me a Channel of Your Peace from her new album, Believe. We'll be speaking to Lilac in a little bit now. Here with us is Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Pedro. Good to be back. Yeah. How was your summer? Uh, su summer? We're still in summer. Well, the, well, actually, summer just started for yeah, us, really, with a gorgeous yeah. long weekend. And I then know, and where was like that the rest of the summer? It's not like we took a break or anything. <laughs> um, any exciting events taking place this coming week? Uh, yes, we do, actually. Many exciting events uh, to kick off the new school year and just the year in general. In Vancouver, uh, Corpus Christi Catholic Clubs Day is happening on September 16th at St. Mark's College. So if you're a new student at the college or surrounding colleges, universities, this is a great event for you. It begins with mass, uh, followed by barbecue and a canned film festival under the stars. So it sounds like a lot of fun. It's your chance to come out and really meet new friends. So for more information, as always, check out the Archdiocese website. This is again for the Vancouver area. And in Edmonton, lots happening in Edmonton, actually, beginning with the Cornerstone of Faith Gala Dinner. That's uh, September 22nd, and the official gala launch of the Cornerstone of Faith campaign is on that day at the Shaw Conference Center. You can be inspired by the words of Cardinal Francis George, Archbishop of Chicago and President of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Uh, dine with friends, meet some seminarians, enjoy the jazz stylings of P.J. Perry, and everyone who attends has a chance to win a $2,000 diamond bracelet. Yes. So. Uh, ladies come out <laughs> <That's an incident>. <laughs> <laughs> now all the proceeds of this event are going yes. to for a particular yes of course going to complete the construction of the new St. Joseph Seminary and Newman Theological College mm -hmm. uh, tickets are 200 with portion tax deducts deductible um, so by attending the gala you're really contributing in a very uh, concrete way to yeah. the formation of priests uh, to serve in the parishes and to educate um, the leaders, chaplains, and teachers of tomorrow to carry out the mission of the church. So it's a great event, a great cause. Great thing to do this year for priests. Exa oh, yes, exactly. exactly. There you go. Perfect. So if you do anything, uh, maybe you can do this in yes. the Edmonton area. So check out uh, Edmonton's Archdiocesan website for more info. Mm -hmm. Also happening at Edmonton is Scripture Fest 2009 with the theme of the promise and coming of Christ. It's Friday and Saturday, September 25th and 26th at St. Teresa Parish. And Scripture Fest 2009 is also launching year two of Nothing More Beautiful, a year devoted to encountering anew the beauty of Christ. So uh, if you've been following us on Salt and Light, we have been airing all the new um, Nothing More Beautiful events happening in Edmonton, and we will be doing more of the same this yes, year. And in fact, if you were listening to Salt and Light Radio, the summer edition, we, we aired three of the Nothing More Beautiful uh, uh, sessions. So this is very exciting. Lots of great stuff coming out of uh, Edmonton. Definitely. Featured speaker for the Scripture Fest is Dr. Edward Sri, a natural, uh, nationally known uh, Catholic speaker who appears regularly on EWTN. He wrote two bestsellers, New Rosary and Scripture and The Da Vinci Deception, 100 Questions About the Facts and Fiction of the Da Vinci Code. Um, lastly, Regina, before we take a break, it's the Faith of Our Fathers uh, Men Banquet. That's happening September 18th at the Connect Texas Art Center. Guest speaker is Dr. Brennan Purcell, author of Benedict of Bavaria, highlighting the Pope's relationship with his father, what he learned from him about the faith, the state, and life in general. So this is very interesting very for men. Interesting. Yet Dr. Purcell will, uh, will discuss how these factors influenced key teachings of the Holy Father that speak specifically to issues affecting men and how these teachings can help men grow in their faith and in living that faith at home, in the workplace, and the community. So super interesting. For tickets and more information, contact your Archdiocesan website. That, again, that was in Regina. That's in Regina. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Michelle, we'll be back in a little bit 
with some more information on what's happening in the rest of the country, particularly with information on the upcoming 40 Days for Life. So thank you, Michelle. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. This is Salt and Light Radio, heard Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 Pacific on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117, and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now, do you go to the movies or are you disillusioned by what's in the theaters? Do you get all up in arms about a film that's attacking the church or are you fed up with all the violent sex and foul language that's on the screen? Well, here with us now is Sister Marie Paul Curley, our very own movie nun. She's just come back from the Montreal World Film Festival and she's going to talk to us uh, about, uh, well film. (laughs) Hello, Sister Paul. Hi, Pedro. It's good to be here. Yes. So what is a nun doing at the Montreal World Film Festival? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, Two reasons, actually. Uh, First of all, because uh, I love working with film. I feel it's a very powerful way to explore and reflect on what it means to be human. Uh, And theology is very much a part of that dialogue, because whether we think it is or not, our relationship with God is key to what it means to be human. Um, so that's the first reason I was there, to explore and to uh, see many uh, films from around the world. Mm-hmm. But also, I was privileged to serve on the ecumenical jury, which is sponsored by uh, Catholic and Protestant groups um, who try to promote the uh, great works of art that also communicate gospel values. So this is, uh, so the Montreal World Film Festival has, it's a competition, right? Yeah. And they have, uh, and, and I guess you can explain, but so there's an ecumenical panel that's separate from the regular panel of jury. Uh, how does that work? Yes, there are about five juries. Uh, one does uh, judges the short films, one judges uh, that just the general films in competition, and we focus on the, uh, the films entered the feature-length films in competition, uh, so we see all the films, and um, but we have different criteria than the general jury does. Yes, of course. Yeah. Can, can I just ask, uh, has that always been the case? Why does a, a, a you know a world-renowned world film festival like the Montreal Film Festival uh, even bother with uh, an ecumenical panel that's judging films on under a different standard? <laughs> I think because film and art are such uh, such a path to the spiritual in life, and. Uh, the Montreal World Film Festival, the, their selection of films is, uh, they're looking for meaning. They're often very meaningful films or searching and asking deeper questions. And so they've welcomed us, I think, for close to 30 years as a jury. I'd have to actually look up the number of years, but um, we've been working with this film festival for quite some time, and they value uh, the approach that we give, uh, the perspective that we give. Okay, so what is the what are the types of films that you in your panel are looking for then? Oh, we're looking for films that, first of all, I mean, the first rule is that they have artistic merit, that they really uh, speak to a person compellingly, to the viewer compellingly. But also if they explore ethical issues, social justice issues, and especially spiritual values. Um, we One of the main criteria we were able to use at the uh, festival was looking for films that offer hope and offer okay. a sense that there is more to life than just the material world in which we live. Okay, so so that's that's you have to have some sort of c- concrete uh, criteria, I guess. So films that offer hope. So it could be anything, really. Yes, it could, uh, because sometimes you know, sometimes my favorite films are overtly religious uh, about a religious figure, for example, or uh, a saint even. Yeah. Um, but sometimes films can. Um, 
explore a human experience like the suffering in a human experience and help us to understand it in a new light and uh and more indirectly help us to ask questions that can lead us to faith So, so some of the films are very directly about faith other films are anything that treats a human experience really honestly uh, and with uh, a respect for the dignity of the person, uh, has potential for a gospel value in it. Right, so you would argue that any film that deals with the human experience is, in effect, indirectly a film about faith. Would yeah. you say that? Um, we're listening to uh, Salt and Light Radio. I'm talking uh, with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Uh, we're talking about film, uh, particularly faith in film. Um, so tell me about the film. You a- awarded one film. We did. We awarded one film with the uh, prize of the ecumenical jury. It's a German film. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce the name properly. It's <laughs> Waffenstillstand, or in English, Ceasefire. Okay. And it's an, uh, it's an amazing film. It's the director's first feature-length film about the war in Iraq, but done okay. rather than from a military perspective, from the perspective of a medical convoy yeah. uh, that goes in during a 24-hour ceasefire, uh, and the journey of the five people in the convoy and the sacrifices they make for those who are suffering in this war-torn city of Fallujah. Uh, it's a very powerful film with a, with a great deal of suffering and a great deal of hope as well. And more than giving answers, it raises questions. Okay, so now I, I would assume that it's a film that it's, I mean, it's not devoid of violence. Is there violence in the film? Uh, yes, there is. Matter of fact, uh, as a, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of the film because really? as they're driving through the city, even though officially there's a ceasefire, you're hearing gunfire around the city. Right. So it wasn't really respected by both sides. And so you know that violence could break out at any moment. So yes, there are some difficult moments in the film. Mm-hmm. Also, it's subtitled in English, so you need to be able to read the subtitles. Uh, right. But it's an amazing um, portrayal of... Uh, helping us to enter the experience of what war would be like from the perspective of civilians. Right. Now, uh, what would you tell people, and the reason why I asked about the violence is because some people, I'm thinking of my mother, for example, would say, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to go watch that film, it's too violent. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, you can look at a film like The Passion of the Christ, that's extremely violent, um, and, and Christians all over, I mean, for obvious reasons, um, loved the film. So the fact that it's violent doesn't mean that it's not hopeful. No, actually uh, the fact that there are these compassionate people who are willing to risk violence to themselves, even death, for the sake of someone else, uh, without the violence as a background, their journey, you know, this, this, I don't know, five or six hour truck drive would have meant nothing. I mean, anybody can go on a ride, uh, a, a street ride, so you almost need the contrast. One of the things I use when I look for um, it films, and I'll be using at the Toronto Film Festival as well, yeah. is I look at, is the violence gratuitous? Yes. Is there a meaning? Are they portraying the violence for a meaning, for, for a reason, to show a contrast, yeah. to uh, make a point? In that case, then even though the violence can be disturbing, and I don't wholeheartedly recommend violent films to everyone, you need to be discerning yeah. uh, in your choice of films, but the violence can serve a purpose that the the main point of the story couldn't be told without. Right, and you would say the same uh, about sex or foul language or yeah. any of those uh, yeah. components. Um, thank you so much, Sister, for, for sharing that information with us. Good luck uh, as you continue with the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. There are a couple of very intriguing films being offered, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. They're, uh, yes, 
Yeah, good. So I'll, I hope to uh, pick your brain about that uh, on our own time okay. uh, about that. <laughs> so thank you. That was Sister Marie Paul Curley. She's of the Daughters of St. Paul. If you're interested in more of what Sister Paul has to say, you, you should visit her blog, windowsofthesoul.wordpress.com. And that link is also posted on our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now here, another song. Here's Laila Kanya with His Eye is on the Sparrow. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? And why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven? Oh 
that was Lilac Kanya singing His Eye is on the Sparrow. And singing with her was Jennifer Uy. Here back with us now is Chris. Hi, Pedro. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the funeral of Senator Ted Kennedy. Yes, and controversy uh, there. Yes, and, and I was in, uh, in New York at the time watching the 24-hour news coverage. And, and as a Canadian, I certainly, um, as a younger Canadian, I was sort of brought into to the, the American Catholic experience and seeing certainly the, the significance that the Kennedy funeral had. Yeah. And, and also as a consequence of that, the uh, certain sense of betrayal that, that Senator Ted Kennedy did have this very pro-life, uh, pro-choice, pro-choice rather, stance in favor of uh, abortion rights. Right. And, and yet he was given this very public funeral, which caused a, a significant amount of controversy and, and some say scandal in, yes. in the Catholic community. Uh, Cardinal Sean O'Malley, who, who was there at the funeral, who did preside, he, presided. he, uh, he wrote a statement on, on his blog, Cardinal Sean's blog, and he said that, uh, uh, you know, he acknowledged, and I think a lot of people were, were hoping to, to hear this, uh, he acknowledged certainly the failings in Senator Kennedy's uh, legislative career. He called it a tragic sense of lost opportunity and a great disappointment uh, that he did have this, this pro-choice stance considering the, the amount of good that he did. And uh, he said that there are those who objected, in some cases vociferously, to the churches providing a Catholic funeral for the senator. In the strongest terms, I disagree with that position. Mm-hmm. He went on to say, as Archbishop of Boston, I considered it appropriate to represent the church at this liturgy out of respect for the senator, his family, those who attended the mass, and all those who were praying for the senator and his family at this difficult time. We will not change hearts by turning away from people in their time of need and when they are experiencing grief and loss. Bishop uh, Morlino, Bishop Robert Morlino of Madison, New York, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's been the first bishop to defend uh, the Archdiocese of Boston in this, uh, really one of the first uh, reactions I've seen from a bishop to the mm-hmm. funeral. And, uh, and he said that, that some, some Catholics might have reacted sinfully to this, this situation. Uh, he said that uh, for not a few Catholics, the funeral rites for Senator Kennedy were a source of scandal that is quite literally led them into sin. And he's speaking specifically, this was in, a, in, a, in his column in uh, the diocesan newspaper for, for Madison, New York, right. that, uh, that this anger that, that was created by this situation and people feeling, feeling this betrayal, it did lead some people to, uh, to hope that Senator Kennedy was, was in hell and to make expressions along those lines that he heard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said that the death of Senator Kennedy has called forth at least an apparent rejection of mercy on the part of not a few Catholics. Uh, he says that the funeral was more than appropriate, and it's interesting. He said that uh, he thought the funeral was subdued. Uh, some people thought it was like a canonization. Yeah. He said it, he said he felt it was subdued, and subdued particularly because of Senator Kennedy's well-known uh, stances, and he mm-hmm. didn't think that the archdiocese at all, in any way, uh, tried to to cover up this or or try and. I say that there were say that these misdeeds didn't exist. Yeah, this is a fascinating, fascinating story. We'll be uh, reading a little later on some of comments that have come into our blog about this. And yeah. and as I mentioned in our opening, in my opening commentary, that that I, I just to see the church divided is is sad. So mm-hmm. I hope that the bishops and uh, in this case the pro-life community, not not that they're the ones that are being divisive necessarily, but that we can come together 
and be Catholic. Unity it's, together. Certainly, uh, our Father Thomas Rosica, the CEO of Salt and Light, he wrote on our blog and and uh, in defense of the funeral as it was, and mm-hmm. and pointing out that there are these these divisions and sometimes very angry sentiments being expressed. And uh, the response the response to that post was was overwhelming. And people yeah, can check it, it out on our Salt and Light blog. Yeah, and like I said, we'll be reading some of those comments. Well, thank you, Chris. This was Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. Hi, I'm Janelle, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 or XM 117. And our featured artist is Lilac Kanya. I met Lilac during World Youth Day 2002. She was one of the soloists for the World Youth Day Choir, but she's much more accomplished than that. So, where do we begin here? She has classical voice training um, in, from Austria at the American Institute of Musical Studies. She graduated with honors from the University of Toronto Opera Performance Program. She studied at the Glenn Gould Professional School at the Royal Conservatory of Music. That's also here in Canada, in Toronto. She's appeared in many operas, La Traviata, Carmen, The Merry Widow, The King and I. She's also been a soloist for many choirs, the Toronto Mendelssohn Youth Choir, Orchestra da Camera Toronto, Sinfonia Sacra, really too many to mention here. There's so much more. She has several recordings, and this coming week, she will release her two newest recordings, Believe, Songs of Praise and Worship, and Blossom, and Lilac joins me now on the phone. Hello, Lilac. Hello, Pedro. So good to have you. Oh, it's nice to uh, to talk with you again. So wow. did you like, I, I, I felt like I, I was just listing and listing and listing. There's so much you've done. Oh, boy. But there's, really, <laughs> I, I, there's one event that I want to start with. Sure. Because that's, not just because that's where we met, but because I know that for you, as, as it was for me, it was a pivotal moment in our lives. So World Youth Day 2002. It certainly was and is definitely a turning point in my spiritual and and musical uh, uh, path. You know, it it was a real treat to be so close to a holy man who's now uh, a saint. I think he's on his way to be a saint. Oh, he is. And uh, and to be with amazing friends who who just share the joy of making music, especially making music for God. Yeah. And that was probably the biggest gig I've ever had, too. No kidding, 800,000 people. And, of course, people watching, and it was just amazing. It was magical. When, you're, when you think of that event, I can't believe it was six years ago now, when, or seven years ago, when you yes. think of it, what, what's the first thing, that's the one image that comes to mind for you? It's, it's, it's those clouds clearing away and the wind. You know, we were 500 voices up in the uh, rafters there. With two microphones. And two microphones, <laughs> and it was wind and snow, like not snow, but rain and yes. gales. And then all of a sudden when... When Pope John the Second, uh, Pope John Paul the Second's plane came in, the clouds dissipated, and if, you know we heard about it many times. But we were there, man. It was like it was yeah, a miracle. It, it was, was a miracle. Awesome. <laughs> it was wow. Lots of good memories. Yeah. Now, um, you didn't obviously start your career there. You'd always uh, you'd you'd already already been doing a lot of stuff. But I want to go back to what it was like growing up in the Kanya household. Oh wow! You know, my I've been so blessed, and I'm so grateful to be part of a family that has always been uh, very steeped in, in a life with God. You know, my parents yeah. My parents are very actively involved in, in our church here in Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. Yes. We were born in the Philippines. You were born in my, the Philippines. My two brothers and I, um, went. we came here when we were very young, so Toronto is our home base, and we've loved living here ever since. And uh, so we're Filipino-Canadian. And yeah. We have a lot of the, uh, you know, the Catholic uh, traditions. I remember, 
you know, always going to novenas on Fridays. Right. And uh, my two brothers were uh, were very active um, St. Michael's Choir School boys, so every Sunday we would go to St. Michael's oh, Cathedral. Yeah. And and then somewhere growing up there, I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I was the one who would get up every morning and and want to go and be part of the choir. But I'm like, oh, I'm not a boy. So you there's, there's no there's, there was no such thing for little girls. So somehow I just I guess I've always you know, offered my music, my singing. My father was the musician in the family. Okay. We, we got it from him. And uh, we've always loved to sing. And uh, So music and has so been a huge part. I, I didn't know your brother sang as well. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. for sure. It um, was did fun. You, did you, were you, I, I imagine, a little lilac, <laughs> seven years old, dreaming of being an opera singer? Or did that come a li- later for you? It came a little later. You know, I mean, I love all sorts of music. Um, my, we actually had a lot of jazz records oh, yeah. uh, r- running around. My, my father was a ja- sort of a jazz singer. Um, his father had also, uh, we, we've had a lot of uh, recordings of orchestras and classical music okay. and uh, symphonies. So we've, we have had lots of music in the house, but no one, in, no one has really been so much of an opera lover as to go in that direction, uh-huh. but I, it came to me somehow on my own. I, as a teenager, or preteen, I, my f- the first opera I saw was uh, Madame Butterfly. Oh, yeah. And it just, it just, you know, captivated me, this beautiful world where everything is sung, and all the music is in glorious harmony, and and the, the sets are beautiful, and, and the, the right. orchestra, everything. So, it piqued my curiosity then, and then I just there was no stopping. <laughs> <Yeah>. Now, Lila, <laughs> just a, a note for anyone who might be joining the program now. Uh, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're speaking to our featured artist of the week, Lila Kanya, a Filipino-Canadian soprano. Um, you are releasing two new albums yes. next week, or this coming week, yes. and the proceeds of the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but of both albums is going to support a charity in the Philippines? Yes, um, specifically the Believe album. Which is the Believe, songs of praise and worship. Yes. Um, it was somehow commissioned by several uh, spiritual communities, including the Immaculate Mary, Queen of Heaven uh, missionaries in Cebu, in Philippines, okay. which is our hometown. Okay. And, um, you know, these are, it's a, it's, it's a really noble cause where a lot of young uh, women and, and children are being helped by these sisters, these missionaries, uh, giving them skills to to know how to make a living for themselves and okay. and uh, and educating them and feeding them. So part of the proceeds of the Believe album are going to help them. As well, um, I had the pleasure of meeting Father Yolan Wallet, who is uh, the um, OMI, who yeah. is the... Uh, uh, many people know him from Quebec and Montreal as the one of the directors of uh, Notre Dame in um, Trois Rivières. Yeah, and he is a very, very dynamic spiritual leader, and he he is a guest of mine on on some of the songs as well. And, yes, and uh, so this is going to be serving their communities as well. Uh, okay, yeah. so now next Sunday on the nineteenth, next Saturday, sorry, on the nineteenth, yes. you're going to have a big event. Huge uh, <laughs> a release, big uh, CD release yes. concert. Yes, it's it's called Blossom. Yes, um, tell us a bit about that. This this is going to be at the St. Lawrence Center for the Arts on Saturday, in, September nineteenth. It's going to feature some of the music from both albums, but also other music like opera, jazz. Um, we have 
We have the Canadian Italian tenors. Yes. Um, we have uh, Fiesta Filipina dancers. We have renowned singers uh, in the Filipino Canadian community, Leander Mendoza, right. Eleanor Calvis. We have dancers. We have a flamenco, flamenco dancer coming all the way from Mexico. Uh, we have, uh, oh gosh, what else? Uh, we have uh, visual artists who are going to be displaying their paintings. Oh, in the lobby? So it's a big event to raise funds. So if people want to find out more about uh, the event or of your music, they can visit your website. Absolutely. LilacSounds.com. That's so Lilac, L-I-L-A-C, sounds.com. Um, we've, we've run out of time, Lilac. Sure, but, no problem. But uh, this is great. We're, we're yeah. going to leave people here with one of the songs, actually a song featuring you singing with Father Yolande Wallet. Yes. Yes. So I think that's, it's great that you mentioned him. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Pedro. Um, you, uh, that was Lila Kanya, who just, again, as, as we said, just released uh, two new albums, or is just releasing two new albums, Believe, uh, Songs of Praise and Worship, and Blossom. And again, for more information on Lilac or how to purchase her music, visit her website, lilacsounds.com. And that link will also be at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And here, as promised, is Lilac singing Song to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Under your shadow and in your protection, I fear no evil, no pain, no worry. O Maria, O most merciful Mother, gentle virgin with the name Guadalupe. by your love You are the dawn of a new day For you give birth to the Son of the Father All of my lifetime I'll walk beside you That was Lilac Kanya with Song to Our Lady of Guadalupe from her new album, Believe. Singing with Lilac was Father Yoland Ouellette, OMI. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. 
And I'm Michelle Newsom. So what else is going on this week, Michelle? Okay, well, moving on to the West in Winnipeg, the Archdiocese of Winnipeg presents Father Robert Barron, a sought-after speaker mm-hmm. on the spiritual life and one of the world's most innovative teachers of Catholicism. So his global media ministry is called Word on Fire. It has a simple but revolutionary mission to evangelize the culture. If you want to check it out, it's yeah, wordonfire.org. It's yes. And so he'll be delivering um, three presentations throughout the city. So check out archwinnipeg.ca to find out uh, more information on where he's speaking and on what topics. Find the one that interests you most and try to make it out. Um, Topics? Do you know what the topics are? Yes, yes. Uh, The topics are why it makes sense to believe in God, the role of the baptized in the transformation of society, and who is Jesus Christ and how do we find life in him? So again, uh, look for those details in your church bulletin because he might be coming to your parish. Uh, if not, all the information's on the Archdiocese of Winnipeg website, archwinnipeg.ca, and it's happening towards the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So check it out. In Toronto, tomorrow evening, September 13th, Lexio Divina is starting up again. All are welcome to attend and join Archbishop Collins for Lexio Divina at St. Michael's Cathedral. Uh, he'll lead us in prayer and reflection on scriptural passage, which is what Lexer Divina is. This year's theme of the parables of Jesus uh, again starts tomorrow, September 13th at 7 p.m. St. Michael's Cathedral. And that's something that Salt and Light Television will be covering, and so if you miss it uh, next week, you'll be able to watch it on Salt and Light TV, I believe the following Sunday. That's right. It's always one week later that it airs. Um, Again in Toronto, Friday, September 18th and Saturday 19th, St. Patrick's Parish in Markham is sponsoring an archdiocesan-wide day of workshops on the Little Rock Scripture Studies program designed to help you make Catholic Bible study a reality in your parish. So whether you're experienced or not in Scripture Studies, all are welcome to attend and gain new insights into the study of Sacred Scripture. It goes from 9 to 2.30 uh, both days really worthwhile. I think we actually might be doing a Catholic Focus episode on this. We are actually. This, I'm going so. to be there. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, excellent. Okay, yes. perfect. Sounds very, very exciting. Yes. Um, also in Toronto, and not just in Toronto, throughout the rest of the country, 40 Days for Life campaign is beginning September 23rd through to November 1st. It's an interdenominational and international pro-life campaign that has led many to, uh, sorry, that has led to significant drops in abortion yeah. uh, on almost all locations where it has been held. It includes three components, prayer and fasting, peaceful vigil, and uh, community outreach. So to find out where and when this is happening, uh, check out your local archdiocesan or diocesan websites. I don't know, Pedro, if you want to add anything Well, yeah, because if you want to find out where else across the country it's happening, go to 40daysforlife.com. That's right. um, And because it's happening in, in Montreal, Winnipeg, Fredericton, Toronto, London as well, in Ontario, and, mm-hmm. and, and I believe seven locations across the country. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's a great uh, initiative. And uh, lastly, in Toronto, uh, Faith Connections is kicking off the new scholastic year again with the first Theology on Tap fall session, September 24th. The theme is Behind the Wall, it's the story of the Christians of Bethlehem. So if you like uh, the combination of thought-provoking conversation and beer, this is for you. <laughs> uh, munchies will be provided, cash bar, bring friends. A special guest speaker for this first session uh, is Nanette D'Souza, who's a teacher and chaplain at Carl Newman School, and Father Bob Holmes, CSB. Uh, Christian Peacemaker Team Chaplain. Again, it's all happening at the Duke of York Pub, as always. It's a, those events are, are, are wonderful. I've they been are. To several, and I uh, highly recommend if you're in Toronto to go to Theology on Tap. Last but not least, 
Prince Edward Island, Bishop Greco's installation is happening Monday, September 21st. Um, he will be greeting people in the foyer of the St. Dunstan's Basilica in Charlottetown, PI, between 4.30 and 5.30, and the installation mass is beginning at 6 p.m. So definitely encourage all islanders to, to attend welcome and welcome the bishop new bishop. Greco. Yes, yes. We, we, we said goodbye to him here in Toronto. He was an auxiliary bishop here in Toronto for the last mm. six, seven years yes. now. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be... Uh, Off to greener pastures. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, remember to send us all your events Send an email to Michelle at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Now, Michelle, there yes. are a few also new programs on Salt and Light Television. That's right, beginning with the popular Salt and Light documentary on the life of Vietnamese Cardinal Nguyen Van Thuan. It's called Road of Hope, and it will air tomorrow, Sunday, September 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, Sorry you're right. Just to correct you there. Thank this you. is an excellent film. It's airing now, again, to commemorate the anniversary of the death of Cardinal Van Thuan. So if you missed it... When it first aired, you can watch it again tomorrow. And if you miss it tomorrow, it will air again on Tuesday, September 15th at 8.30 p.m. All those times are Eastern, so 8.30 p.m. Eastern. That's right. And we're also commemorating the 25th anniversary of Pope John Paul's 1984 visit to Canada with a special John Paul II in Canada. So that's also tomorrow, yes. Sunday. September 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. And be sure to check out our listings and our updater on our website, saltandlighttv.org. Now, we've also, this is very interesting for me, Michelle. I don't know if you've been reading our blog. Yes, I have. We've had quite a bit of traffic on the blog after mm -hmm. Father Rosica wrote about the Ted Kennedy funeral mm -hmm. mass. Yes, we received 250 comments as well as support on both sides. Yes. It's been very interesting. It has been. Uh, just a few comments that here Ms. Roberta Young wrote, I watched the funeral and did feel sympathy and pity for his family, but to object to such a public funeral attended by so many priests is not hatred and violence. Kennedy should have been given a private funeral. Mm -hmm. And that comment came from Ms. Roberta Young. Uh, Frank Hannon wrote, The vast, vast majority of the objection against the Kennedy funeral had to do with its public nature and canonizing tone. There's absolutely no mutual exclusivity between extending mercy and celebrating a private funeral mass, which was the only appropriate response given his lengthy track record in diametric opposition to doctrinal teaching. So with opinions like yours and Cardinal O'Malley's, there is little wonder why catech catechesis today in our church is a, is a complete shambles and vocations are so scarce. There's little motivation to give one's life for a church whose leadership lacks the courage of her supposed convictions. Wow, that mm -hmm. message came from Frank Hannon. And finally, uh, one last comment uh, that came from Tony Pelletier, who wrote, Oh, what a confusion there is. At the same time, it could be very simple. Charity and truth. It is not a simplistic repetition of Pope Benedict's words. Catholicism is about charity and truth, mercy and justice. To us, frail human beings, they seem like opposites, but God knows they are interconnected. Some Catholics are good at putting truth up front. Some other Catholics are good at showing the need for forgiveness. Some ask others for more charity in their talk. Others are like watchmen, raising awareness concerning fear of scandal. Why don't we put our strengths together? Let's give an ear to what the others have to say and try to build an even better position out of our complementary positions, not in relativism, but in communion. That's what the church is all about. And he continues, For my part, I believe both are necessary 
to avoid scandal by a clear statement on the sanctity of unborn life and to show mercy to frail, repentant human beings. Our Lord Jesus did not compromise on truth nor on charity. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us do likewise wise words there. Mm-hmm. The message came to us from Tony Pelletier. And there are many, many more where that message came from. To read them and our other blog entries, visit our blog anytime at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And you can send us any comments to radio at saltandlighttv.org. And that is exactly what we want to do right now, or we want you to do right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, we'll send emails to ourselves. <laughs> um, we have a CD to give away, Michelle. I don't know if you knew this. It's uh, yes. something we haven't done in the past. Mm-hmm. It, it's Sarah Hart's new album, Saint Song. I, I, I don't know if I have to hide my... Uh, 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 my enjoyment of Sarah Hart's music. We spoke to Sarah a couple of months ago. She was our featured artist about this album, Saint Song. And during the summer, we played one of Sarah's concerts that we taped up in Midland, Ontario. And it's a wonderful album um, with 12 songs based on the writings of the saints. So all you have to do is uh, send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org and tell us what you like about Salt and Light Radio. That's it. That's all you have to do. Very the simple. first message that comes in gets the album. Now, Bang. I, I, I hesitated to say this, but I think it's important to mention we have been having problems with that email address. Mm-hmm. So if you email us and it doesn't work, try us at info at saltandlighttv.org. That's right. You can also always email us personally. Um, mine is mnutso at saltandlighttv.org. So M like Michelle, Nutso, N-U-Z-Z-O at saltandlighttv.org. And, and Pedro. M- yeah, mine is Pedro, P-E-D-R-O at saltandlighttv.org. You can also email Chris, K-R-I-S at saltandlighttv.org. We love your messages. So please do. And when you do this time, remember to give us your name and mailing address so that we can mail you your CD. So uh, Pedro, what's on the program next week? Next week, uh, we'll be uh, talking about Cuban music. I'm Ooh. looking forward to that show. Um, and we'll also be speaking to Rebecca Kiesling. You were mentioning about the 40 Days of Life uh, campaign. So Rebecca uh, was conceived when her mother was raped. Um, and she's going to be the speaker at the kickoff rally for this fall's 40 Days of, for Life uh, campaign in Toronto. So we'll get to speak to her next week. Wow, it's really interesting, you know, that so many issues around pro-life and life are just all conglomerating yeah, everything's at coming. once. You yes. know, it's really all coming to surface. Um, there's so many opinions out there and um, so much support. And yes. it's just been and, it's and been here really at Salt and Light Television and Salt and Light Radio, we're trying to focus on the positive mm-hmm. and the hopeful messages. So uh, hopefully, maybe that's one of the the things people will say when they write to us that they enjoy our hopeful approach. That's right. Catholic Channel of Hope. Yes. Well, that brings us to the end of the program. Glad to have you back. Remember, be the first to send us an email telling us what you like about Salt and Light Radio or don't like or would like (laughs) to see improved. Yes. And uh, you'll get Sarah Hart's new album, Saint Song. And we'll leave you with one of the songs from that very album. Here's Sarah Hart with her song, You Are Lord. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Michelle Nuzzo. And I'm Pedro Guevara Man. This has been Salt and Light Radio. You are the sun that floods the dark with light. You are the star that calms the fearful 